Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, if you would, open up your Bibles to the book of John in the 21st chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, there's some hard black-covered Bibles there in the pews. Uh, feel free to grab one of those. And if you uh, would turn to page 907, that's uh, where we're at. That's John chapter 21. So I got a question. Have you ever had one of those days where you just threw your hands up and said, I quit? All right, so I'm not the only person who's done that. You know, it might have been at, the, at work, you know, that boss that uh, just seems to show up on the wrong day showed up, and uh, maybe it's those other employees, and you just got to wits in, and, and I think in the 70s they wrote a song about this, um, but you, you didn't tell them to take the job and do anything with it. You said, I quit. Maybe you happened to be a parent of a toddler or a, before a toddler, and, and you decided when they were nine months old that, you know what, your child was going to make records and uh, become potty broken before any other kid in the history of, of the world. And so after a couple of Saturdays spending the entire day watching your child be permanently affixed to a potty training chair, after watching just about every Disney movie, you finally threw your hands up and said, you know what, I quit. It'll be okay if we wait until he's two or three or five years old. It doesn't matter. It's not happening this week. Or maybe it's been a friend that uh, just you keep reaching out to, and, it, and it's one of those friends where life is just hopeless, and it doesn't seem like you ever get anywhere with them. And, and, and so you, you quit on that relationship. Or maybe it was just a, a relationship. It might have been a husband or a wife. And you quit and filed for divorce. Or maybe it was a child, an adult child, who is just going a different direction, making different decisions. And for whatever reason, they get to a certain point where we as parents, we just throw our hands up and say, I quit. You know, I'm not the only person who ever done any of these things. And if you raised your hand or would raise your hand, you're not the only person who ever done anything like this. What I, I would tell you is that uh, we don't quit we don't decide to quit without having actions that follow up on that. And here's what I mean. Uh, I, I want to use an, an example in the Bible of a guy who quit. He threw his hands up and said, I quit. But see, this guy who was, you know, he was known for his boldness. His name was Peter. And Peter, um, in his boldness, would, would say things. Matter of fact, if, if you're familiar with uh, the Bible, um, one of the bold things that Peter did was when Jesus was out there walking on the water, he said, if that's you, Jesus, call me to come out there with you. Jesus did. He jumps out of the boat. But the not-so-bold Peter, all of a sudden, he's reaching up saying, help me. The bold Peter told Jesus just a few nights before he was crucified, or the night before he was crucified, that uh, as Jesus was going around and washing the disciples' feet, when he got to Peter, Peter said, no, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. And Jesus told him, he said, if I don't wash your feet, you'll not have a part with me in the kingdom. 
The not so bold Peter said, okay, uh, don't just wash my feet, wash everything. You know, the bold Peter said to Jesus that I will die with you. The not so bold Peter heard Jesus tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. The bold Peter chopped off the ear of one of the servants of the people that came to get Jesus. The not so bold Peter followed Jesus from a distance as he was going through the trial that led to his crucifixion. Join me in reading the first verse in John chapter 21. And it says this, the words are, after this. Now, it's very important for us to understand, what in the world is he talking about if he says, after this? Well, let me tell you what after this was. First of all, Jesus was crucified. Not only was he crucified, but there was a resurrection. And in between the time that Jesus had the dinner with the the apostles, the disciples, and the time that uh, he was crucified, Peter, bold Peter, the guy who says what he thinks, had denied Jesus three times. And Jesus told him he was going to do this. And so since then, Jesus has risen from the dead. He uh, appeared to a couple of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to Mary Magdalene there at the tomb. He appeared to a group of the disciples uh, in the upper room that night. And then one other time, he's appeared to the disciples where he has Thomas to put his uh, fingers into the holes, into his side, to show that I am the risen Jesus. I am the one that you knew, that you walked with for the last three years. But, you know, it's very silent. We don't hear how did Peter interact during those situations. And I believe that Peter, much as most of us, was beating himself up because of the fact that he had rejected Jesus. His chief disciple had rejected Jesus. Jesus called him out on it, and he still did it. Let me continue to read in John 21 and Verse 1, it says this. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in a way, in this way. You see, Simon Peter and Thomas and Nathaniel and the sons of Zebedee, which was James and John. And then there were two other disciples. So there's six of them out here. And they're... I don't know exactly where they were going or what they were doing. But then the next verse says, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Now, here's what I want to tell you is that when Peter said, I'm going fishing, that was code for, I quit. That was code for throwing his hands up in the air. That is code for, you know what, I'm going to go back to what I used to do. And here's what I want to tell you is that I don't think that Peter was the only person to ever say to God, I quit. I don't think that he's the only person to ever feel like he's been left, feel like he can never overcome what has happened in his life between him and Jesus, between him and God, and said, I quit. Matter of fact, I think of a man who woke up one morning and told his wife, he says, I quit. I am not going to work today. And she says, what in the world is wrong with your job? you got a very good job. She goes, he said, nobody likes me there. He goes, no matter what I say, somebody questions what I do. No matter uh, what I do, they don't, they don't like the way I dress. They don't like the way I talk. They don't like, I mean, there's nothing about me that they like. She goes, sure, they all love you. She, he goes, no, they don't. 
And he said, give me one good reason why I should go to work today. He said, I'll give you one. He goes, it's Sunday, you're the pastor, now get to church. <laughs> I don't know, maybe someone's felt like that on a Sunday before. But maybe, maybe your statement didn't end like with I am Fisher. Maybe it did. Maybe something happened at church. Maybe it happened with somebody. Maybe it happened uh, just between you and somebody else. And you said, I'm going fishing. And literally, on Sundays, you've been going fishing. Maybe it wasn't going fishing. Maybe it was that uh, instead of saying, I'm going fishing, yours says, I'm going golfing. Or maybe your statement says something like this. I am not going to ever talk to you again. That might have been said to somebody in the church. That might have been said to somebody in your family. That might have been said to God himself. And somebody who used to pray regularly doesn't pray anymore. Somebody who used to call on God with power doesn't have that anymore. Oh, but let me share with you the rest of the story. I don't know if you ever heard Paul Harvey, but Paul Harvey did a great job of sharing the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the story with Peter. In verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, I want you to just stay and let that one sink in. Because there are times where, where we quit on God, and what do we do? We go back to what we're comfortable with. We go back to what we know. We go back to what was easy. And for Peter, who was a professional fisherman, that was easy for him. And so he decides, you know what? This stuff's not working out. I know, he, he knows that Jesus has risen from the dead, yet he's having a problem with this. And so he says to his friends, I'm going fishing. And you know what he did? He went fishing. But while he was out there fishing all night long, they caught nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but people ask me, do I fish? I said, uh, well, I would prefer to say I catch. Because I hate going fishing and not getting anything on the other line. I hate drowning worms. I hate doing anything where I'm not pulling something back in, right? Well, you think Peter's any different? He was a professional fisherman. He knew how to get this done. He knew where to fish, when to fish, and what to fish for. And he did this all night long, and they caught nothing. In verse 4, it says this, Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. But here's what's interesting. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. In verse 5, it says, Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? Now, the way that's said is not like, you know, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I know you don't have any fish. The way it was said was, hey, I'd like to have some fish. You know, I could take to my family. And so they respond to him, no. And in verse 6, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, I want you to stay with me on this. When Jesus tells us to do something and we're in the middle of it, we have a choice. Remember? I said there's no decision without action. And so we either have to decide to do it or we can say in our head that we're going to do it, but then we never do it. Well, Peter, man of boldness, the 
professional fisherman who'd fished all night, had no luck, this stranger on the shore says, try it on the right side of the boat and you're going to catch something. He said, you know what? I have nothing to lose, and he did it. And verse, uh, so they cast the net, and they were not able to haul it in. Why? Because of the quantity of fish. And verse 7, that disciple whom, and this is interesting, that disciple whom Jesus loved, that's the guy who's writing this book, he liked to refer to himself this way, said to Peter, elbows him, it's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Who's that on the shore? It's Jesus. I'm going to share with you three lessons that we can learn from this story about Peter. How that he went from saying, I quit, to saying, I'm back. First lesson is this. When we quit, it doesn't just impact us. When we walk out on God, it's not just us that gets hurt. If you look in the verse that it tells us, in verse 3, that Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing, and they said unto him, we will go with you. And when you walk away from God, you don't do it by yourself. You don't do it in a vacuum. And as many of you are here thinking that there's nobody in your life, there's nobody that you have influence over, I'm telling you that you one day will find out who you had influence over and whether that influence was for good or for bad. And we, we, when we make that decision to walk out on God, we don't do it alone. The second thing we can learn from Peter is this, that life is darkest just before the dawn. Folks, if, if I stop preaching right here, that's all you need to hear. That life is darkest just before the dawn. And what's incredible is this. In verse 4 of John 21, just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. There's many of you that are here today. There's many of you that have said no, said I quit, have walked out on God. Matter of fact, you may be at that point where if, if I asked, hey, are you living in your darkest moment? There would be a lot of hands going up, a lot of amen saying. And here's what I'm telling you is that that's Jesus on the shore. You just can't see him yet. You just don't understand. That Holy Spirit that's tugging on you right now, that's Jesus wanting to do something special in your life. That, that voice that keeps telling you that it'll never happen, he'll never accept you, he'll never forgive you, he'll, you know, everybody else gets forgiveness except for you, that's not what Jesus says. And I'm here to tell you that just as the day is breaking in your life, that's Jesus. What are we going to do with him? And the third lesson is this, that you're going to find Jesus right where you left him. Now, you may not be familiar with this, but three years earlier, Peter, a very successful fisherman, is having just finished a night of fishing successfully. They're cleaning out their nets in the water, about knee to waist deep, just depending. And Jesus walks up, and there's a crowd just surrounding him. And so he climbs, doesn't ask, he just climbs into one of their boats, happens to be one that Peter owns. And he says, can you cast out from shore just a little bit? So they throw all their nets in there. They do that. And Jesus preaches. And after they're done, the crowds are massive. And so they take the boat out. And these professional fishermen fish all night with Jesus in the boat. 
And at some point, they give up. And Jesus says, cast your net on the other side. And they cast their net on the other side, and it said it took three boats to haul it in. If you read that story, that's when Peter recognized. He fell down on his knees and said, depart from me. I'm unworthy. Three years later, on the same shore, probably in the same boat, the same story unfolds. And Jesus says, cast your nets on the other side. And this crazy amount of fish come, and Peter jumps out of the boat. It's, and the scripture tells us about 100 yards off, jumps out of the boat and gets to where Jesus is. He encountered Jesus one more time. And what's interesting is if we jump to verse 19, it says this. And after saying this, what did Jesus say? Jesus had just gone to Peter and asked him, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes. Peter, do you love me? He kept saying yes with more emphasis, more passion, more power. Jesus told him to feed my lambs. And then went after this. Jesus, that's who he is, said to him, Peter, follow me. Follow me. Now, one of the most beautiful pictures that I've ever seen, one that just speaks to my heart every time I see that, is one of, of the resurrected Jesus holding up a young man. And as he's holding up that young man, in his right hand is a hammer, and in his left hand are nails. And you know, this is the picture that Je this could have been Peter. When Jesus said, follow me. And I'm here to tell you that if Jesus were here in his bodily form right now, when the service is done and many go across to the pavilion and they watch the kids find those thousands of Easter eggs that are out there, that he would he'd probably say Kent. He would probably say Kevin. He would probably say Mark. He would probably say Gary. He would probably say Deb. He would probably say Chris. And he'd probably say, follow me. And as everybody goes to the pavilion, he'd take you somewhere that he could talk to you. And then what I believe that Jesus did was he spoke into Peter's life what Peter was going to accomplish. And here's what I know. Is that if, if we will respond to Jesus' call to follow him. There's three things that are happening. Number one is he's going to give us peace. Peter had lived in turmoil. He lived in emotional turmoil. He had lived in, a, in such a way that he had no idea was Jesus going to ever forgive him of what he had done. But yet right in this moment when Jesus redid the miracle that he introduced himself, I think he gives Jesus or Peter that peace. Not only that, but if we will answer and follow Jesus, we will find out that he has a purpose for us. If you are here today, you've got a pulse, you can check it. I'm here to tell you that God has a purpose for you. He doesn't care that you walked out on him. He doesn't care that you said, I quit. He doesn't care what you've done, how you've done it, who you've done it with, and how long you've been doing it. If you will recognize that he's calling unto you, that he's there for you, 
And he's saying to you, follow me. He will put a purpose in your heart and provide you a way to live that out. And not only will he give us peace, not only will he give us purpose, but I'm here to tell you that he promises us presence. No, he's not here in bodily form. But what he did was he left and he came back and he said, when he, before he left, he said this, that I will send the Holy Spirit. And we have the opportunity to rely on that Holy Spirit to get us through that dark time, to get us through that day when we say we want to quit, but he, he gets us to the point where we don't. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, at the end of the day, there's only two types of people that are here today. First John 1 in verse 8 says this, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living the truth. You know, it's interesting, in 2019, the truth is a powerful thing. Now, everybody thinks they got it. Why? Because that's what the internet said. That's what Wikipedia told me. I read it on Facebook. But the reality is this, that Scripture tells us from 2,500 years ago, if we claim to have no sin, then we're only fooling ourselves. And we're not living in the truth. Verse 9, you know, Jesus told people that the truth will set us free. Well, here's how it sets us free. This is the other group of people that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Oh, oh to be like Peter, <laughs> to be bold, to have the emotions that, that go up high and then like a roller coaster come flying back down and then go back up high and then come back down. And to be able to ride this roller coaster of life, knowing that Jesus has everything under control, that we can put our hands up and we can scream as we're going down. We can scream as we, the life flips us over and over again. Why? Because we know we're safe. Why? We can have that peace. Why? We know that Jesus has a purpose for what we're going through. He has a reason why we're in this dark moment. Some of it's just to get your attention, but others because somebody else needs you to get through there. So they believe that they can make it through there. But make no mistake about this. No matter where you're at, no matter where you've been, that Jesus tells us this, that he's always there with us. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.